Hey everybody, it's Lori. And this is Matt. And it's another episode of Teacher Teacher Saves World. Well, I just got my official Google Calendar invite for the principal interview. Oh, yeah. We are interviewing for a new principal to That's start right. next year. That's right. And we're, we're at a relatively new school. We just are about to complete year 12. Yep. Year 12. I know that as yearbook advisor because it's on the spine of the yearbook, right? Right in your face. And yeah, so we're, we're, this will be our third principal Yep. in 12 years. Yep. Wow. It's kind of a big deal, like a big process. You know, there needs to be a panel, there needs to be teacher representatives on the panel, parent representatives, admin representatives, district office officials. Oh yeah. Um, so it's, it's like a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. Principals are big deals. Yeah. You want to get the right fit. Yeah. You know? You really do. That's an important, important position on a campus. But, you know, when, when we got news that we, this change was, was happening, it just really made me think of every year, every year that I've worked at a school, that you've worked at a school. Mm-hmm. And a lot, a lot of those years we've spent at the same school. Yep. But it seems like every year when you just, you thought everybody's coming back. Yeah. Right. The whole gang's coming back. We're going to have the same team assembled every year. There's always such turnover. I'm always surprised. Oh, yeah. There's always you know? like, I'm pregnant and I'm going to stay home for two years. Like, wait, what? Yeah. Or, or my husband got, you know, a new job like across the country. And yeah. so we're moving whatever. And every year there's always this sort of this change. And I'm always surprised. You yeah. Know? It always shocks us. Yeah. And, you know, because... You know, sometimes you might, you think you, you, you get into a, a job or you work at a site and this could be any kind of job and you think, man, this is, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be able to have this position because somebody's in there and they're a lifer. Yeah. Like or, I want to teach uh, AP US history, but oh, he'll never give it up and then yeah. boom. Or I want to be department chair and yeah. such and such is there and they've been doing it for a while. And mm-hmm. just when you think like, life just has a way of just like you know, just turning everything upside down and just yeah. shaking it all up and changing things. Yeah. And so as if COVID-19 weren't shaking it all up, now we've, you know, we'll have a brand new leader. Yeah. Leading, steering the ship. Right. And I'm sure there's going to be some shifting in other administrative positions too. You know, these things Probably. kind of always tend to kind of go hand in mm-hmm. hand, like maybe somebody moves up and whatever. And yeah, it's kind of the nature, I guess, of leadership in, in really anywhere. Yeah. Right. Any, any field if you move in that direction you tend to want to keep moving right moving up yeah getting bigger some have just that you know shooting star kind of thing like they just want to see how far they can go Mm -hmm. up the ladder move from you know admin on a campus then to the district office then to the big kahunas you know the the county office of education at even a higher level and Mm -hmm. and i think you know that's admirable many want to do it to affect change on a larger level or they have big ideas and they want to see them implemented. Some want a little more money, some want both, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, Yeah. I think sometimes there's, sometimes there's a, 
like a compulsion, right? There's, they feel compelled to just keep moving yeah. forward and maybe don't take stock of, should I stop moving forward? Like, yeah. is this, is this a really good fit? Yeah. You know, like, um, you see this a lot in coaching, right? Coaches that want to, you know, high school and then maybe junior college and then, and then college, like assistant, maybe a lower level. And then mm -hmm. they move up and then, and then maybe they have some success and they move to the pros. And at some point, maybe along there, they kind of move beyond themselves, you know, and, yeah. and they, you know, don't experience success maybe at the pro level or maybe as a head coach at, you know, division one college. And they're really more, they're a better match for like a, uh, an assistant coach position yeah. or maybe in the college and not the pros. And I've always appreciated like say uh, Mike Krzyzewski, coach K right at Duke who has been rumored many times, right. To take on a, I think the Lakers even, you know, there was a lot of rumors. I grew up a big Lakers fan that coach K was going to come to the Lakers and, oh, but wow. he always just stuck it out at Duke and he's dabbled. He's done uh, like coach, like team USA, yeah. Right. So that's kind of been his little uh, opportunity to work with some of the, you know, the bigger boys and some of the pros, but he's stuck it at Duke and he just knows like, this is my place. Like this is my home, you know? And at some point in time, we just got to figure out what is that? Yeah. That I just read about this. The term's going to escape match, match quality, match fit. Mm. It's really just paying attention to, yeah. you know, sometimes we just want to keep moving and moving and changing. And, and yeah. maybe we don't take notice of like, wow, this, this place just is really, for, this is really good for me. Yeah. You don't want to move and change just for move and change sake. Right. You and know? I think, I think sometimes that happens. Yeah. Oh, right? I do too. You or know? maybe you just don't know what that job is really like. Yeah. And then you're in it. You're like, oh my God, this is past my, like, this, this is not a good skill set match for me. Right. And I'm not shining up here. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why I'm, I'm always so impressed with those, like the coach, the coach K's of high school. The right. Yeah. The, the, those teachers that, you know, I'm sure we all know them. We might work with them. Mm -hmm. Maybe we had them as our teachers and we knew even five, 10 years after we were gone, we yep. knew that we could go back to that classroom yep. and we could find them. Oh God. They love that. You know, I, t I changed classrooms and my ex students were like mad at me. They, they not only want to come back and reminisce, they want uh, to be in walking to their classroom. I'm like, but it, it's bigger and it's downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> like it's by the bathroom, you know? <laughs> Oh, I think your other room was better. I'm like, whatever, you yeah. guys. But I, I, I used to tease. Remember when they used to banty about the bad teacher term? It, it's, oh, yeah. It's kind it was, of fizzled out a little it bit. Has, it but has. But it was like bad teacher in the press, bad teacher, bad teacher. I said, yeah. you know what? If a teacher has stayed in the classroom, you know, 25, 30 years, they get my respect. Oh, Even if time. they are a bad teacher. Because they're there. It's a very difficult job to stay mm -hmm. in for your entire career. Yeah. Because of the, just how physically and emotionally taxing it can be. The highs are high, but the lows are also low. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's no mystery when people move into administration. Uh, very rarely, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody come back to the classroom. No, it doesn't happen. And so why, why? Yeah. Why does that not happen? You know, like, it's just, you don't have to answer me. <laughs> I'm just no. thinking, is it, I know admin has tons of struggles too and tough, yeah. tough jobs, but is it a different kind of tough? And they don't want to go back to the teaching tough. I'd no. rather take the admin tough, no. you know, because really it's not a huge separation in salary, especially at the high school level. If you pick up some coaching stipends or club stipends, or there's a lot of extras you can do at the high school level to kind of supplement your salary. Mm -hmm. 
And some are making really good money, you know, comparable yeah. Yeah. to some of the admin positions. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I always have such respect. I, I, as I was listening to you, I was also sort of simultaneously going through, we're one to talk. We've moved a lot, right? Like we said, we're at, yeah. a, I'm at my fifth school, fifth school district. We've just moved geographically. We've mm-hmm. kind of moved around and, um, I was kind of like just going back to these other campuses and some of these just stellar long times stay in one spot teachers, yeah. like just salt of the earth teachers, you yep. know, they just did it for like 30 plus years, same subject. I know, you know, a lot of times it's in awesome. the same classroom and just were so good and yeah. they just never, never felt that need to like, they knew that this was, I was, I was in the zone. Like this was yeah. like, in music was like in the pocket, right? Just like oh, in yeah. that, in that groove and just was going to ride that groove, yep. you know, they until like walk into the faculty meetings with their coffee, just, just take a seat and cross their legs. And, you know, like I remember as a new teacher, like, Oh, I want to be, that guy knows everything. They like just, he knows where everything is, who everything, it. you know, you just kind of envy it. They just yeah. have that comfort. Yeah. The elders. Yeah. Honey, we're kind of the elders now. Yeah, we're getting there. You know? Yeah. Because we've been on our campus since, well, you were there since it opened. So yeah. you've been there 12 years and I've came the second year. So I've been there 11 years. So yeah. yeah. We're getting, so we're, we're getting veteran <laughs> status. We can't ever leave. Wow. We won't. We, well, we could. Yeah, I guess we could. We could. Well, speaking of principals, <laughs> I want to hire a principal right now and it's going to be you. Oh my God. I wasn't even on the... I can't be on the panel then. Yeah, and I know I have bias, but I, um, and this is probably illegal, <laughs> but I want to hire you to be the principal. Oh, I think I'd be kind of a really sucky principal. But anyway, no. if I were principal, yes. okay, today I'm going to talk about something kind of funny. I'm going to talk about the principal's closet. Say what? Okay, not coming out of the closet. I mean, they can do that if they want. Okay. Um, but the principal's closet. So if I were principal, okay, I would... I'd go on a shopping spree and I would find so many cool professional slash kind of cool yet professional outfits in all hues of the school colors. Okay. So, I mean, I want to, I'd want to look good. Yeah. And you know, I'd wear my t-shirts or polos on Fridays, Mm -hmm. but I'd want to dress it up the rest of the week. And when I'd want to do it in all colors of the school. Okay. So you would have nothing but school colors that I would wear to work for your work clothes. Yeah. Okay. So I would really try to do that. What now, if you had someone, one of those really like, what if you worked, there's schools that have like green and orange. I know we have the best you do colors. Um, green and orange, green, like lime green, tangerine. No, it's more like a, yeah, it's more a little deeper green. Ooh. Like See, the school I, by us, right? It has orange and green. Yes, it does. Yeah. And, and you know, it is easy for me to say, cause our school colors are purple, black, White, yeah. lavender, yeah. <laughs> zebra, gray. They throw a little zebra in there. Yeah, gray works. Gray, too. silver. Mm-hmm. So like, you really could do it at. at we we have pretty good admission oak for that. Yeah, for this task or this thing you're talking about. So I I really want to have the school colors in my wardrobe, and then the other part of my closet would be the dress up bins. Because you got you to gotta dress up for all the dress-up days. Oh, the dress-up days. Yes. Yes. The spirit okay. days. Got it. So, you know, you need to, you can recycle. 
you know, you could have like oh, totally. bunny ears or, you know, there's stuff mm-hmm. you can just use yeah. over and over again, oh, yeah. a little cowboy outfit or yeah. whatever the theme is for spirit week homecoming and right. our, in our mission madness week at the end of the year. Right. But I, you know, you're busy as principal. You can't be thinking about that all the time. So I would have kind of a stock school spirit dress up day bins and those would be organized so that I was never, you know, without, cause I think it's really important. That the teacher, I mean, that the principal dresses up on the spirit days. I do. Oh, totally. I think it's vital. Yeah. And principal then, has to participate. But then you have to also look very professional, you know, mm-hmm. for the days of the week. No matter what, you know, what happens, if there's police involved, if there's parents involved, if the superintendent drops by, mm-hmm. um, I would look fancy. But I think I would always wear, like, sneakers <laughs> or flats. <laughs> Just because you'd be moving around. Yeah, I'd want to be on the move. I'll talk about that at a, at a later date. But yeah. I, I would need to wear comfortable shoes. Okay. And, you know, I'm also 5'10", so I, I rarely wear heels. Right. Because I'm be like Amazon lady. Okay. And they hurt. Yeah. But I would really just embody that that spirit. Okay. Like every time you see Principal Jones, she's in school colors. What about green and yellow? Oh. It's another one. I don't Green's like, always kind I don't of a like hard green. one. Yeah, green I don't and like yellow. Green. Yellow. So then you would just never apply for a principal yeah. position. Because you'd look like a little like a baby chick. Like if you had to wear yellow <laughs> all the time, I don't know. You'd look like a little like a newborn baby. Yeah. Or, you know, in a onesie. Like yellow. Yeah, I guess it would have to depend. You know, our sister school across town, they have red, white, and blue. So that'd be easy. Yeah. You know, even the other our other sister school has gold and maroon. That's pretty easy. Yeah. But yeah, the greens and the oranges and the... And I guess you could always just like uh, with those more obscure color ones or those, you know, like the green and orange, you could just maybe accent. Sure. Right. You wouldn't, you could always do the base. Yeah. You know, the black and white can always be your base. And then you accent, you know, with, with some orange. Like chunky teacher jewelry. (laughs) Scarves or something. (laughs) I had a friend tell me when I got hired my first teaching job, if you... So my little punk rock friends from my past, she's like, if you start wearing wooden, chunky teacher jewelry, I, you are not in my life anymore. <laughs> I think about like elementary school teachers. Oh, and, yeah. You know, this is kind of yesteryear, the big, maybe a big apple at the end oh, yeah. and big beads. And yeah. no, no, we don't do that in high school. All right. So. So school colors. The principal's closet. Got it. Comfy what, shoes okay. and spirit days. Yeah. And just know that we might need to just go with sort of an accent. Yeah. If we get some funky <laughs> colors. Yeah, school. you could go neutral, maybe some beiges, and then add that little splash of yeah. orange. I'm trying to think, are there any other weird? I think green and orange, that's a pretty bizarre yeah. one. Yeah. We've liked orange. Remember one of our rooms we painted orange in our house in Long Beach? Yeah. Oh, I love orange. Yeah. I'm just saying as far as like, clothing. if it's a like consistent clothing, yeah, color, wardrobe thing. You might thing. think you're a little weird after a while. Like, yeah. God, she's wearing orange again. Yeah. I just get really tired of it too. <laughs> oh. All right. So this episode, we're going to tackle this question. Should there be homework? The H word. Should there be homework? And we're going to focus, obviously we we focus on the, the high school side of things. So we're going to focus there because it really is kind of a different conversation, different levels, elementary and middle school a little bit different than high school and obviously different than college. But um, so we're really focusing on the high school side of things. Um, but before we do that, we, um, we need to get better at asking people to 
to connect with us. Oh, yes. We always forget to do this. We'd love you guys to follow us on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. Teacher Saves World. Yeah. And on the page, you can visit the group. It's a blue button at the top. And if you join the group, then we can have discussions and you can post things yourself. Mm-hmm. It's more interactive. Um, Instagram, we've got Teacher Saves World. And Twitter, Teacher, Sa- Teacher Saves World. It's all yep. the same. Yep. Our website, teachersavesworld.com. You know, and then, um, you know, we're out there on all the different podcast, what do you call them? Not like stations. Platforms? Platform, yeah, yeah, platforms, I guess. Yeah, and Apple's the one that has the review, ability to review. Yeah. And we we love the reviews we've gotten so far, been so cool. So if you wouldn't mind, yeah, hit and subscribe. Please do that. Subscribe. Reviewing. All those things help a lot because we're growing, we're growing a lot faster than I think either of us thought would happen. Yes. And this is you guys doing these things, you know, and we've been really bad at asking and we just want to keep this thing growing. So please, uh, please help us out. Good job. Let's do it. Let's do it. So should there be homework? Should there be homework? And you know, this question really, I think was reignited with all of our, with what happened in schools because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh yeah. Right. Because when we, you know, made this sort of rush, it was a very, you know, it was very instantaneous. It was very just happened. Yeah. Right away. It was there wasn't very a whole, jarring. There wasn't a whole lot of time to prepare. It was kind of like, I know, and I know for us, and I don't know how, you know, I'm sure other schools were similar. It was, we went home on Friday and we never came back on Monday. Yeah. We told the kids, see you Monday. And yeah. we haven't. Yeah. And over them. the weekend, that was it. And then we haven't seen them since. I mean, not in person. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that, you know, obviously there was a lot, there was a lot of just, you know, furrowed brows and hand wringing and, you know, uh, consternation over, you know, how do we, how do we continue? How do we handle school? Because the students all went home to radically different home environments, Heck right? Yes. Oh and my so God. there were some, you know, some, some stop gaps put in place to, to sort of make sure that kids don't fall through the floor. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so in California, we had certain mandates like kids grades were not going to fall any lower than they had. They could only go up. Yep. Right. And um, there was a focus put on not necessarily introducing new information or new content, but more sort of going deeper on the stuff that you relearning and, you know, revisiting material that they'd already seen in class, you know, redoing stuff that they'd missed. And so grades could only go up. And because of all of this, if, if we were doing all of this, like, Hey, we understand that they're going home to these completely in totally different environments who knows what's going on who knows what their access to wi-fi is yep who knows what kind of support they have at home what kind of um spaces do they have to work in and whether or not they have you know a a place where they can really focus you know if once they get home are they do they have responsibilities there caring for you know younger siblings or or going to work with mom and dad you know those kind of things are happening out there And so if we needed to put these stop gaps in place to keep students grades from falling through the floor once they went home, then why aren't we really having these conversations when we send them home with homework during the regular school year? Exactly. Right. If we're so concerned in this situation, I understand, 
this is 100% versus just a portion, which homework is a portion of their learning. But the same concerns apply. Yep. They are going home to radically different environments. Yeah. With some with a lot of support. We have two teenagers. Those teenagers have two high school teachers as parents. Is that fair? Yeah. It is what it is, mm-hmm. right? So our two teenagers live with two high school teachers who've taught multiple subjects. Yeah. Right? So we can really help them with just about any subject that they have. We're also very, we're, we're, we know the system, mm-hmm. right? We know... We know what to look at. We know how to communicate. We know how to, you know, uh, manage time. We have all, so that's the kind of support that our teens have. Yeah. If they uh, procrastinate and say, oh, I have a project due tomorrow. I need a poster board. We might roll our eyes and mutter under our breath, but I'll zip down to CVS and buy one Mm -hmm. because I can. Yeah. Others cannot. Mm -hmm. Especially we have, we service rural communities with not even stores that have them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But we know, oh, well, yeah, you got to get that done because that's going to affect your grade. So mm-hmm. here, the haves and the have-nots, and that chasm just gets wider. Yeah. And so this this conversation, we're kind of focusing right now on on the haves and the have-nots. and the, mm-hmm. but, the, but there are, are other considerations as well. So we kind of wanted to dive in, and we're not making a determination right now. We're not saying, no, there should not be homework. But this is a conversation that, you know, pops up every so often. And there's plenty of, you know, there's plenty of opinion out there on it. And there's been some research and there's, it's popped up for like, there's books, there's books written on it. Right. And right. I mean, really since ever since there has been school, there has been opinions Mm -hmm. and there has been, you know, debate over whether or not students should be sent home with work beyond the school day. Yeah. Right. And, and Lori and I each have our opinions, but we kind of wanted to have a discussion and really kind of, you know, see it from a few different angles. And, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to come to a determination, but we're going to talk about, we've definitely talked about it over the years. We have our own policies. Sure. Right. Because we kind of have, we've, we've been lucky enough to have freedom in, in our positions to sort of make policies that we, that work for us, that fit our philosophies. Yeah. You know, we haven't necessarily been told you have to do this or yeah. you have to do that. Our district's really good that way. Yeah. So um, first let's, um, let's look at the problems. Let's look at the problems associated that happen when you assign homework or when students come home with homework. Let's and do it. any parent can tell you right now that they're, is tons of family stress when children come home with homework. It's terrible. You know? <laughs> it's terrible. And if you have a if you have a child, and these are children, by the way. These are not fully formed humans, okay? Especially teenagers. And you have a kid that is not so uh, motivated or, you know, independent independently can jump in and be like, oh, I need to do this and this and this. It, it becomes horrible because yeah. it strains your relationship. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to just love our children, mm-hmm. right? Unconditionally. I mean, right. They, they are the most important things in our lives. 
But all of a sudden, grades start, start to drop, you know, balls are dropped, and now you all you can talk to them about is homework. Why wasn't that done? Right. Why didn't you do that? You know, we forget, oh, you did. You went to five practices this week. You got home at 11 o'clock two nights. You, they do a lot of other things, mm-hmm. and plus they're growing, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure it all out. But I'm obsessed with your five math assignments that didn't get done. Right. And now mom comes at me. They don't even want to be home because mom's going to nag me. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's been times I've thought, oh, God, I could say this and this, and, and I've had to bite my tongue like I'm just going to give him a hug right now. Because I could nag him on a few things that I'm really irritated with, a lot of it having to do with school and homework and mm-hmm. allocating time. Yeah. But right now I'm just going to hug my you know, gangly, adorable 16-year-old boy. But it puts that strain. Yeah. I mean... And it's, it's, it has been... Oh. Um, this has been a journey of stress ever since they've been in school. Right. I mean, we, we a journey and, of stress and, and it's, it's different every year. First grade, first grade. And, and both of our kids had the same uh, teacher for first grade. <laughs> first grade might've been one of the years with the most homework. Oh my God. Remember the weekly packets they received yes. in first grade and how much work they did. And a full page essay. It was inc- It was a weekly packet. So it was yep. like consistent. Yeah. And, and uh, it had certain elements, math elements, right? Reading, writing, that kind of yep. stuff, vocabulary. And it was, it, it was incredible. The amount yeah. of work they did yep. in first grade. And we we're like, Oh my God, where do we go from here? Like, is yeah. it, is it? And then we've had years with nothing. Yeah. And then, and then if you have friends that have their children in other people's class in that grade level, and they're getting a ton of work, and you're getting no, your kid's getting no homework, then all yeah. of a sudden you're kind of like, uh, <laughs> this isn't good either, right? Why are you getting all the homework and we're getting no homework? Then you start feeling a little bit like unsettled with that. Uh, I thought it was great. Well, <laughs> our nights were great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just that like, and we as teachers always joke, we can't win. Because yeah. if we assign too much, you know, when I taught AP Lit, I'd, mm-hmm. I would load it up. Yeah. Right. And then... Other classes I've had, I've had, you know, freshman English, I assigned no homework. And I would get, I'd get critique on both of those methods. Oh, yeah. And, and because every parent is going to have their opinion. You have, you have the parents that have their opinions that I don't want my child. My child is, is incredibly busy. They have, uh, they're, they're in dance. They have two dance classes, you know, a week. We Mm -hmm. drive an hour each way to their dance studio. And, you know, I want them during the day while you have them, that is their academic time. And when they come home, that is their creative time. And I don't, you know, so they, they don't want any homework. Yeah. And then you have the others who you're right. I, um, load it up. Yeah. Right. I, I want my kid where I, yeah, I want, I want that rigorous sort of just, you know, nose to the, to the grindstone. That grit. I want their head in a book because they're going to, I, we're going to Harvard. Yeah. Right. We're going to Harvard and we need to do homework, 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 homework. And they and, need to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right. You just, you almost can't win. Um, but you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of like going through my head of our kids. Uh, elementary seemed to be kind of up and down. Yeah. There were, there depending were depending on the teacher, depending on the teacher, there was years where they had tons of work and yep. there was years where they had very little, um, and then even in high school, it's been fairly sporadic. Yeah. 
you know, and um, our, our daughter, right? Like our daughter is, uh, she's in eighth grade this year, finishing up eighth grade. Um, she's seems to have had more homework than our son, who's a junior in high school. Yeah, but, the, but that, but that just could be our kids too. Yeah, I mean, I mean right. She could know. be a little more honest with maybe <laughs> with the homework that he, that she has and uh, maybe but his, not so much. But his grades are good. So it's, you know what I mean? He's doing something. Yeah. He's doing something. Yeah. But, um, you know, this, this stress on the family we talked about, I found this quote that I thought was fascinating. And it's in, a, it's in a book called The End of Homework, How Homework Disrupts Families, Overburdens Children, and Limits Learning by Etta Krelovic and John Buell. So what did they have to say? Do they, are they pro? <laughs> are they pro homework or, or not? I, oh, I couldn't you, really tell from the title yeah, of that book. you got to get to the end of the book to find out. <laughs> they might be misleading us. <laughs> But they put a quote, it says, as early as the 1880s, 1880s, not 1980s, the president of the Boston School Board, Francis Walker, a widely respected Civil War hero, strongly criticized the practice. This is what he says. Over and over again have I had to send my own children, in spite of their tears, to bed long after the assigned tasks had ceased to have any educational value and had become the means of nervous exhaustion and agitation. Yeah. This and is that was 1880s. only 1880s. And, and uh, if my my credentialing program classes if I can remember, I mean, aren't we talking like Massachusetts 1850s? Isn't that like the start of school is yeah. like so 30 years into you know, compulsory public schooling and we're already getting They're like this blows civil war heroes. It is a civil war hero yeah. that is that is being leveled yeah. by the annoying kids yeah. and not probably, finishing their work. He probably wrote that in ink. He pressed himself right <laughs> on paper that he made in in the paper mill out out back by candlelight, right? And he just took the time. Yeah. Right. Even back then, parents of teenagers were just, you know, just yep. destroyed by the stress, right? The stress that was brought into the home yep. because of the homework. And, um, you know, here's another problem that happens with homework is especially, you know, in elementary, when they had one teacher, they received one packet, right? And so, you know, whether it was right or wrong to send it home, at least it was from one teacher, it was coordinated, it had some sort of, you know, I don't know, balance to it where in high school, middle and high school, when you have all these different teachers, we don't coordinate with each other. The teachers don't say, Hey, I'm, I'm given a project or I'm having this done or whatever. Like everyone's just assigning their own homework. And you know, Murphy's law is it's, it's, you know, it's going to be the night that they have the big football game or the big basketball game when every class is going to assign homework. Yeah. Right. You know what? I kind of get upset when, when teachers don't take some of our big like weeks into account, like homecoming week or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like maybe the week of prom. And I, I just always feel like, okay, the girls have their hair appointments and nail appointments. And why don't we go easy on the homework on these really special weeks? Mm-hmm. You know, I, maybe that's, maybe I'm just being too soft or whatever, but come on. You know, when they're loaded up and they have these big, huge essay exams and, and it's, the day after like a Thursday night football game that's against a crosstown rival. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. You know, there was 500 kids there last night. Yeah. Don't do that. I know. Yeah, that is kind of, you know, why do they do that? I don't know. Yeah, thinking. 
Um, and of course, you know, another problem is it just, it does, it, it, if they are, if they are doing the homework, okay, we're assuming that they're actually taking the homework home and they're doing it. Um, it is taking time, right? Time that they could be exploring some creative things. I, I understand that creative thing might be just them turning on Netflix. Yeah. But, but, you know, we do have, you know, the more that we, I'm, I'm not, uh, I know that some people really sort of are really concerned about overscheduling kids. Yeah. Right. Having too many things for them, you know, that they're not, a, they, they don't just have that free time to sort of think and play and be creative and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I, there is something to that. I'm not, you know, so totally in that camp. But I do agree that, you know, loading up with so much homework does just like, it's like, I'm going to tell you what to do during the day. Yeah. You know, from, from eight to three or whatever the schedule is. And then I'm going to tell you what to do later on in the day. I'm going to dictate your free time. Right. Well, here, I'll come back with this. How many teachers have you heard stick their essays, you know, a class set of essays in their teacher bag to go home and grade them. Mm -hmm. And they get home that night at four o'clock, five o'clock. And those same essays come back to school with them the next day untouched. Right. Why? Because they don't want to do more schoolwork. They want to have a nice dinner. They want yeah. to talk to their, their spouse. They want to hang out with their kids. They want to pet their dog. Or their kids come home with a bunch of homework and they got to help them. Uh, or that too. <laughs> right? I mean, so And then they're unable to do the things that they planned on doing because their, their kids' teachers sit yeah. them home with a bunch, a packet of, you know, all this. Or they've got to craft, you know, some... Uh, some, you know, fort out of popsicle sticks or oh, something like God. that. Right? I hated the California mission. Yeah. <laughs> I hate anything crafty. Yeah. But you know what? We actually made it out of candy and it was cute. Remember that San Juan Candy Strano? Yes, I remember. Yeah. But then we tried to do a hot glue on a Twix bar and it was... Yeah, that was not good. That was a mess. Yeah. But I, you know, the, the stress on the family is real because mm -hmm. there's also, you know, we talked about leisure time, but there's also like stuff you have to do in your house. Like you got to go wash out the dog bowls and put fresh water in them. You've got to maybe do a load of wash. You've mm -hmm. got to make dinner. You've got to do the dishes. You got to unload the dishwasher, you, you know, and your kids have chores too. Right. So, yeah. So, so if there are all of these problems that we've just been laying out, we've just ranting, um, why then why is there homework? Why do teachers What's the philosophy behind homework? Yeah, well, I think it's it goes backwards. Because um, there was another book we had called The Homework Myth, Why Our Kids Get Too Much of a Bad Thing. And in The Homework Myth, lots and lots of research on K through 6th, 7th, 8th. Yeah. But definitely K through 6th of like, no, give them no homework. Yeah. It ruins their love of learning, la, la, la. Right. But then you get into high school, and guess what? Total gray area. Mm -hmm. Because you're college-bound kids. Mm-hmm. They found you have to give them homework. They have to start kind of balancing their time. They have to know how to um, learn with autonomy and have that um, academic struggle on their mm -hmm. own. Yeah. And, you know, so it's, it's tough. Now, I know some teachers just feel like they have so much to get through content-wise that they need a little help. So they need to do a little bit at home. Mm -hmm. um, flipped classroom has been a big thing lately, right? Where they're doing the bulk of the work at home and then coming to class with questions. 
right. and you're coaching them through what they've done. Mm-hmm. But then that stuff isn't really graded, I think. It's more workshopping it. Because grading it, that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. So you grade work that should be practiced. Right. You know? And we'll kind of get into that next. But yeah, um, yeah I, I think you hit on a little, I think part of why is I think there are too many things. Like if you've ever too many standards, there are too many things. Like oh, if, you, if the teachers all understand this, but if you're not a teacher, if you were a parent and, and just go like go onto your state's, um, you know, department of education and look at the standards look at whatever you're, you know, is supposed to be taught at each grade or each subject. And it is incredible. It's actually ridiculous. It's pretty ridiculous. And I remember one of my first years of teaching, I went to a workshop. It was a really good workshop. It was called the brain compatible classroom. It was really good. You know, it was about, you know, this, this, all this neuroscience, all this brain research coming out and, and then how our classrooms can be, you know, uh, run a little bit more efficiently to, to really kind of capture how the brain is working. And I remember one thing that stuck with me from that, and this was, you know, 18, 19 years ago, but it was, it said, our, our standards are like graveyards. We keep putting stuff in and we never take anything out. <laughs> Right. And so they, they only are. get, they only get bigger and bigger and yes. bigger. And I would love to be not just a fly in, on the wall. I would love to be an, an active participant in the round table that, that establishes these standards. Yep. Right. And we have got to, and so that's part of it is there's so much stress on the part of teachers, because when you have those end of the year, you know, standardized tests mm. that are going to test your students on all of these standards, yeah. you feel a lot of stress to teach all of this yeah. stuff by the time those tests are given. Yep. And because there's a lot of pressure to improve scores and do all that kind of stuff. And there's no way, there's no way to cover everything. No. And so you end up, right. You end up assigning homework. I've yeah. got to, I've got to do more yeah. work. So part of the problem I think, right. Is why do we have them? We have too much stuff to cover. Yep. That's part of the problem. And that sounds terrible, just that even using that word, cover. Yeah. Like, oh, we got to cover this. Like, mm-hmm. it sounds so meaningless. Right. It sounds so, you know, in English, it's skills-based. So you kind of have the luxury of, like, we read, we write, we talk um, in, in all forms. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, history and math and science, I mean, there are some hard and fast skills that need to layer on top of one each other. And yeah. if you can't get to some of them, you're not going to get to the other and... It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot of stress. A lot of stress. I think there's also this as to why. Well, I had to do it when I was in school. Oh, the old timer. When I was yeah, in school. Look how good I turned out. I had homework. And I mean, that, that, there's a lot of that out in the world, right? I remember watching an episode. It was a, I can't remember which one. It was a medical TV show. And something had happened in surgery and uh, I'm not sure, maybe somebody died. And so there was a review panel, right? All the doctors kind of coming together to review this situation. And this doctor was like at the end of a really long shift, you know, like they do. They do these super epically long shifts or whatever. Yeah. And and I think the what they found out was like the, the doctor was just a little tired, right? And, and made a, a simple error simply <sighs> because they were fatigued. And... And that was the criticism. And this was a, this was a fictional TV. This wasn't like a documentary, but they were making a point. 
And it was like, why do we have this system where we work these super long shifts where we're super tired? And a lot what they came back to was, well, because all the doctors before them had had to do it. Yeah, they'd like pay, it was they'd just, pay their dues. It was right. You had to pay your dues. This is yeah. it's what we did, right? In the medical, we all we put our our time and we worked those long shifts, and yeah. that's what made us tough and whatever. And I think that's part of it too, right? We're gonna make you strong. I had to do homework. I hated it. Yeah. I was up until all hours of the night working on projects. So you have to too. It is. It's kind of just ingrained in our society. Like yeah. think of an episode of Leave It to Beaver. You you've got milk and cookies, and you're doing your homework at the table. Mm-hmm. You know, like we do homework. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think another you kind of touched on another point was getting them ready for college. I mean, that's, we talk about that all the time in high school, right? Getting you ready for college. And so there's this feeling that because in college you're going to read so much and you're going to write so much that we need to build that capacity in you. Yeah. And there's no way that we're going to do that just in the school day. So we got to give you homework that you do on your own, right? Build it because you're going to do a lot of work in college on your own. Well, then the middle schools, they look up and go, wow, they're doing all this homework in high school. And our job is to get you ready for high school. So we're going to give you homework. Yeah. We don't want you to blow it freshman year and blame us. And then, so middle schools start giving a bunch of homework. And then the elementary schools, they look up and go, oh my God, we need to get you ready for middle school. Mm -hmm. They're doing homework. So we need to give you, and it just sort of like is this trickle down effect. And it's like our colleges are driving this, right? And everybody below keeps wanting to get them ready for the next level and um, kindergartners are taking reading tests you know i mean it's so that's so young too young just for such an abstract you know task of reading and putting letters together yes and probably experiencing failure like a lot of them do right like they can't read because they're too little that's a whole nother area where there's research right are we forcing them to read too young. Yep, we are. Which is causing all kinds of even like physiological issues, right? We won't go into into yeah. details, but yeah. there's been a lot of studies on like the change in the physiology of our children because they're, you know, performing intellectual tasks younger than Way they should. Way too early. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So if we are going to do homework, let's say that homework is a good thing, right? Let's say we're going with that. Then what kinds of, what should homework look like? How should it be graded? What types of activities should be done in home? What should teachers, if we're going to say homework is good, yeah. it's necessary, it is beneficial, then what should that homework look like? I, I, I don't think homework should be graded. I mean, maybe check it in, check it out that you attempted it or you mean graded for graded graded for for accuracy. Yes. Oh, totally. It's practice. It's gotta be, it's gotta be practice. Um, They should be able to make errors and it should be a soft place to land, but graded for given some points for completeness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That they, that they tried, took a stab at it. Right. You know, but I don't think it should be graded. And then, you know, you think about some of the, you know, I was having a boy and a girl and this is, I guess being gender bias or whatnot, but any kind of art, artsy project that's homework. I mean, you know, London's would blow Toby's away. Uh, Even though the same, like, let's say it's a, it's a one pager for a book they read, yeah. you know, and London's would, you know, she would do a border with glitter glue and then let it dry and maybe stick a gemstone in there and yeah. la la la. And then Toby might just do his all in pencil. 
but he would have, he'd had the three vocab words. He had the theme, he had this and his would look like a piece of doo-doo. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> and, bad. And totally. he would get, you know, half, half points. Yeah. Cause he used pencil. Yeah. But I think like any art, if you send, if my kid comes home and they're sitting there like coloring, oh. man, I'm mad. Like I just, yeah. I, there's been so many times when my own children have been sitting there doing some piece of homework and I'm just kind of fuming. Like, yeah. Why? Like, like why, are, the, why the, is uh, our family time being <laughs> interrupted by this? Yeah. You know? Remember I did one of his word searches. He had a word search and I did it at like one of his water polo games. Like he was playing. <laughs> he didn't have time to do it. And I'm like. I'll bring a highlighter and do it at your game. Shame on you, Mrs. Jones. And I, and I, I actually like a good word search, but it just seemed like, okay, you, you don't have time to do that's this. That's pretty, I, you, you know, know, I don't have problems saying that's a pretty lame piece of homework. <laughs> word searchers. Yeah. Word, I mean, that's weak. That's pretty weak sauce. Right yeah. There. My yeah. first teaching job, I remember one of my colleagues gave me word searches. He said, it's always good to start with a word search because it takes them a long time and then you can figure out <laughs> what you want to do. And it's my first job teaching. And I was like, oh, that's smart. So then I can work on my lesson planning. No, that's terrible. We got some funky advice when oh we started. Oh my God. I, mean, I was just talking last episode, right? About being one day ahead of the. Uh, I know. Man. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. I'm surprised so, we're still in this gig. So it really, it needs to be practice. It needs to be an extension of what they've already learned just to get some more reps in, mm-hmm. right? It's like, it's like the kid who, who's on the basketball team who learned, you know, a certain uh, dribbling technique or like a crossover dribble. And then, you know, he's working on layups with his left hand. He goes home. He's got a hoop at home. Yeah. Right. He's going to do some more work on that. There. Right? He's, he's not going to w- do like certain plays you've learned with the team. Like you would need the coach to do that. He's going to do little practices that right. won't Just mess anything up. Reinforce yep. some some smaller pieces. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's not going to try to compose a play an entire game of five on five and play <laughs> yeah. all the parts and you know some huge yeah. project. Right. It's simple pieces yeah. reinforcement. Um, you're right, and he's not going to be graded on how many uh, left-handed layups he makes. Yeah. Versus uh, those that he misses. It's just getting some practice in, right? Yeah. And uh, you get full points for um, for the effort. Yeah. Right? There you go. That, I mean, that's really no that's harm, really no that's really what it should be. It should not be word searches and coloring and uh, definitely not graded on accuracy. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, we can get into more detail on the grading, but that's not what this is. This one's about. Yeah. Um, all right. The last kind of part here we want to, talk about is I think kind of where this whole conversation started is the, the equitability side of this. Right. And, and when we went into our distance learning school shutdown, what instantly caused everyone's, you know, sort of um, concern was equitability because now all of these students were going home to homes that were radically different from our teenagers coming home to homes with two high school teachers that were there with them all day long to some who did not have any adults who were maybe caring for younger siblings. Yep. um, Who were maybe then going out and working with their parents. I mean, we saw, we saw uh, landscapers, right? We saw landscapers in our neighborhood where school age children 
were now out there mowing lawns yeah. with with dad during Help the day, right? Um, and so if if we're having all these concerns now, then then we should have these same equitability concerns with homework. Yeah. Because those homes don't change just because there's a, a virus out there, right? It's not like yeah. we should be concerned because there's a virus. Like, those kids are all going home to those homes regardless of the situation. Yeah, because their homes are... They're in survival mode. If you're living in poverty, you are surviving each day. You are trying to make it work with very little. And to sit down, you know, and some families kind of get it, and they really try to support the kid, even though they, the means are not there, but they're like, you got you to gotta do good in school. You got to do good in school. They kind of get it. Others just don't even have that luxury of, like, saying, take the time and do your reading and do your work, and we'll try to quiet down the kids. Because they just don't, they just don't have that. Mm-hmm. They don't have the space. They're in a very small space. Um, some of them have, you know, the lights turned off. They didn't get to, pay, they weren't able to pay the bills. I mean, it, we've heard story after story after story, and yet this kid does get themselves to school every day, and they're sitting in their classes every day, and they're doing all the work they can with yeah. teacher yeah. in that nice, clean, organized classroom with an adult guiding. And they're getting it all done, but homework doesn't come in. You know, if it does, it's very, you know, it's very, I don't know, very little. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it breaks my heart because, uh, and then there's some kids that have so much. They have the perfect yeah. situation. They've got a desk. They've got, you know, yeah. let's quiet down the house. You know, Dad and I have some work to do, too. Let's, uh, you know, an hour of silence. Let's go. Let's mm-hmm. meet back and see if you have any questions for us. Yeah. And how many times has our daughter... Um, well, and our son at times too had math questions, right? Math is really challenging. Oh, it's so hard. They've always had me to ask. Yeah. Right. And, and every time they've come to me and asked me about a math question and I have helped them. Yep. I instantly think, what are all the children doing that do not have a mom or a dad to ask? <laughs> and I understand now that, yes, there are you know, videos that they can go watch on YouTube and, you know, but, eh, you know. But it's a lot easier to ask dad. It is. And, on this and, exact problem. Right. And and dad's going to see whether or not you're getting it and be able to instruct you in a different way and, you know, help you with it and answer your questions and yeah. just be, you know, better with it. And, um, yeah, you know, and so there's just, there's that part of it too. You know, the, the amount of assistance. Yeah. Now, now we're talking about those that maybe are deficient or have certain deficiencies or inequities as far as like their support or, you know, their responsibilities. We also have just the, you know, um, equitability issues when it comes to those that are, have really active lives, right? And, and this might even be an, an active life that is school associated, right? So if you have, if you play a sport like volleyball or, uh, water polo. I mean, those are the sports that our children play. Those are twice weekly sports, right? And if you have a, if you have a a week where you are playing two away games, yeah, where you're getting on the bus, yeah, right. And you're getting on the bus and you're driving, you know, some distance to a game and then you have, you know, warm up time or the game before you and your game and then back on the bus and you're not getting home until late 
because we have a lot of them where the parents can't go to the away game and pick them up and take them home. So now their bus is not getting back until after the varsity game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they might try to do their homework in a crazy, noisy gym, right, with other people, but that's really hard and lots of distractions. And so they're not getting home until 11 o'clock at night. They're exhausted after playing a game. And they had homework (laughs) in all these classes. After competing. Right? So that's a whole different type of equitability in that you had a student who just was involved in a really positive, good activity, a sport, but had their entire time after school taken with this activity, this worthwhile activity that we want them to do. Yeah, that they're passionate about. They're wearing their school colors. They're representing. Mm -hmm. They're competing. They're physically drained. They're hungry. Yeah. They're dirty. Yeah. So they got to bathe. Yep. And then they got to decide, okay, I cannot get to all this homework. So now I got to pick the the lesser of the evils, right? What's going to affect me the least mm-hmm. if I don't do it? Yeah. That's, that's mental strain. Yeah. Or I'll get up at 5, you know, a.m. and try to bust some out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too much. Too much. Too much. So, so, Mrs. Jones. Yeah. Should there be homework? Oh, I don't like homework. I say a no. Yeah. Well, we, we, we're a little lucky in that we don't, we currently do not teach in subjects that are the types of, like we can get away without assigning homework. Say it. We're electives. Yeah. <laughs> We've been and teaching so electives. We, we can do that. Yeah. Um, and it's not like, and so w- w- yes, we, neither one of us really um, actively assign regular homework. Yeah. We, we make use of every single minute that we have them. So our, our days are very active. Bell to bell. Right? We're going we're gonna to work really hard mm-hmm. in the time that we have you. Yep. Um, but we know that once we release you, we have no idea what's going yeah. on. Right? And I don't want to put that on you. Yeah. Bad so, mojo. But do I, do I think homework should be done away with? Mm, uh, that's a little extreme. A little extreme. I, think, I think it should... There should be a moderate amount, I think. Yeah. Um, if you're signing up for honors and AP coursework, you, you have to do the reading yeah. outside of class. That, and that is call, that is advanced, you know, mm-hmm. prep for college. Yeah. So you kind of know what you're getting into. Yeah. But should there? Bye-bye homework. I think there should be a lot less than maybe there is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's irritating. All right. Oh. We're we ready to close it out? Is it time for some beauty? It is. Lay it on me. All right. It's time for the beauty of it all. I call this one wanderlust. I used to regret not taking a direct path. I'd often ponder the impact, the impact my intellectual wanderlust has had on delaying and maybe negating the actualization of my true potential. Has my constant pursuit of the novel and the subsequent replanting of roots that had just started to take hold Translated into a decathlete's life, moderately good at many things, but not great at any of them. As a parent, should I steer more forcefully the path of my children to ensure they specialize earlier to achieve their greatness? Should I take similar measures as a teacher in the lives of my students? Where once I may have answered all of these questions with a lukewarm yes... I can now commit to a resounding hell no. After 50 years of exploration, I can see how every adventure led to a discovery of experiences and knowledge broader than any specialist could ever imagine. 
While we still bestow notoriety upon those that have traveled deeply down a narrow path, it's those that have spent a little time exploring many paths that are more prepared for the wild world we live in. While we're giving lots of airtime to scientists these days, I'd like to hear from someone with a background in science, economics, and psychology to give us a broader and maybe fuller answer. It's okay to wander and sample and gather experiences because in the end, the world is not simple. It's complex. And that's the beauty of it all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need that scientist, psychologist, econ guy or girl. It's okay. To fix the world right now, yeah. right? It's okay to go explore a bunch of different paths. Yeah. You know? Oh, we've had so many. Let's maybe stop assigning so much homework so that they can go out there and explore. <laughs> Try some new things, right? Follow Poor some kids. different passions. Yeah. What a novel idea. Amen. Beauty of it all.